what's up, everybody? Welcome to the last edition of the OKC82 podcast as it concerns meaningless scrimmages because they're finally over. But I'm not going to complain because the NBA was able to get through, <clears throat> as I try to clear my throat, the NBA was able to get through two weeks of practice and now all the scrimmage games with no COVID positive tests. So that is, of course, great news. Uh, the real games begin Thursday for the NBA. I believe that'll be the Lakers and the Utah Jazz. And then on Saturday is when it starts for the Oklahoma City Thunder, who should be getting uh, rings pretty soon. And I am uh, also joined by uh, Jerry Ramsey, also of 107.7 The Franchise. Uh, this week, my co-host on the morning show from 6 to 9. So tune in, everybody. We'll talk more about this tomorrow and throughout the coming days. But uh, Jerry, uh, scrimmage champions, the Oklahoma City Thunder, who would have thunk it? <laughs> you know, uh, what do we know about this team? We know that this team is incredibly competitive. Uh, they they have been all season long. I think we talked about this uh, quite a bit on the morning show. You 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 named the morning show. What's the name of the morning show? Yeah, it's the BJ in the morning. Uh, as okay. I said earlier today on my call-in on the franchise players, uh, much to the uh, surprise of Kelly Gregg, he was not prepared for that. <laughs> What? He, who is? To be I've right. never heard him scream scream so loud. <laughs> who is really, honestly, prepared for that? But uh, <laughs> you know, we talked about how competitive they are, and uh, it just showed. Uh, they they had a slow start today. Uh, obviously, they had that slow start against Philadelphia, getting down by twenty four. Um, but this, uh, I mean, this this bench rolls pretty deep, and uh, there's a camaraderie and a chemistry with with the bench. Forget about the starters, right? The bench, uh, you can really see them pulling for each other, and they play well together. It, it just doesn't seem like there's an odd man out. I mean, even when Hervey and Hall are uh, in there, it just seems like they fit in a slot that seems to work out. So uh, kudos to this Thunder team who showed up and, and played the scrimmages uh, and, and took them pretty seriously and, and worked on some stuff. Yeah, I mean, the Thunder are all season long, they've been no stranger to being able to adapt, whether it's because a player is out, a player is injured for a few games. They've been able to, like, push players in here and there into different roles, different positions, different starting spots. They really haven't missed a beat ever since they started, what, 5-15. and 15. From that point on, they've been basically the same team that we've even seen in these scrimmage games. But I think it's probably important, Jerry, before we get into the actual game, and of course the Thunder just steamrolled the Blazers from start to finish. Well, they uh, started off one and six. Hold on. There well, was, yeah. there was, there was a two minute uh, start at the beginning of the game that I said, well, finally they blew it. Finally. <laughs> and you know, I turned it off. I start yelling at my kids. I was mad. I was throwing stuff, but then you're right. They, they turned it around after the one and six start. Yeah, basically after Billy Donovan's first timeout, that's when Shea Gildas-Alexander calmed down as the primary ball handler. And uh, to get to that, I thought it was probably important, Jerry, to mention like the plethora of breaking news that Billy Donovan gave us uh, during his pregame availability about an hour and a half before tip-off. Yeah. And it all started with, uh, so is Abdul Nader out of the um, concussion protocol? And then Billy's like, okay, well, here's the uh, situation with us. Chris Paul is going to be out. He is resting. Abdul Nader did pass concussion protocol, so he is available to play. Nerlens Noel is out because he missed a test. <laughs> Terrence Ferguson is out because of a leg contusion. Andre Robertson will start in place of Chris Paul in terms of just replacing him in the starting lineup. Dennis Schroeder will remain coming off the bench. So it was just like a, oh, <laughs> I, I thought this was just going to be a run-of-the-mill kind of meaningless uh, basketball game, but – all that stuff got unloaded on us, Jerry, and 
just like we kind of just said a few minutes ago, the Thunder quickly adapted to that disadvantage. And yes, these are meaningless scrimmage games, but like you said, the Thunder took them seriously and I applaud them for taking it seriously because they're going to have the short-term disadvantage fairly soon of not having Dennis Schroeder. And we'll talk about that a little bit later, but being able to see Shagos Alexander uh, run the offense with the ball in his hands. Great. Being able to see Lou Dort handle the ball some, uh, knowing that he could potentially be that third ball handler in the offense when Dennis is gone. Great. Seeing Darius Baisley, Hamadou Diallo, Andre Arverson all get extended minutes. These were all great things. So, um, yeah, just going from pregame to tip-off, Jerry, I was just like, whoa, what's this going to be like? Uh, once again, I know that, you know, you don't have kids and you haven't experienced uh, children like I have. I have children in their 20s. And um, whenever they were teenagers, and uh, you'll find out one day and you were a teenager uh, not too long ago, Brady, but you ever been busted by your parents and then it just all comes out. It's like, how are you sneaking out? You're like, oh, my God. Okay, I snuck out, and I snuck out with my best friend, and, and, and we had a beer, and we took my mom's <laughs> car. And, uh, you know, I, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. That's what Billy Donovan sounded like. It was just like really quick. <laughs> you know, is, you know, is, is Abdul Nader okay? Oh, not only is he okay. Get this, guys. I know. I expected Eric Horn to just go, all I did was ask about Abdul, but thank you. <laughs> just, you know, I asked one question. Uh, Chris is going to sit down. Uh, Terrence has a bruise. Uh, Nerland's missed a test. It's crazy, guys. It's just crazy. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, th- I thought it was, uh, it was very interesting. And like you said, chalked full of uh, breaking news that I'm sure that, you, like you said, you're just kind of walking through the uh, pregame thinking, okay, last exhibition, they're not going to do much, blah, blah, blah. And boom, there it is, all that stuff. You look on the floor, uh, and then Andre was starting, uh, which I thought was was odd. I, I don't know if it was just a nod, and I know the, the talk was you wanted to see him against frontline people, but it was just – it was kind of odd that Billy did that, but it just shows that he's not scared to get a little crazy. It was odd just from the standpoint of the Portland Trailblazers, I think 10 or 15 minutes prior to Billy talking to us, had already announced that C.J. McCollum and Dame Lillard weren't going to play. Yeah. And Billy specifically said, like, yeah, we want to see him against front, more frontline players in the starting lineup, and they've got Dame and C.J. And it's just like you either did just that news went over your head or you don't really care that much or something. Uh, because we did get a chance to see him go up against Dame and CJ. He was primarily put on uh, Carmelo Anthony, which for a player that's being reintegrated back into a system after not playing for two and a half years, and I asked Billy in the postgame what he needs to see out of Andre, and he said conditioning. Well, then go guard Carmelo Anthony if you're not in 100% great shape <laughs> because he's not going to force you to run around. But having said that, Jerry, the obvious – Andre Robertson is shooting the ball very, very, very well, not just for his standard, but for like a basketball player in the NBA. Yes. He's shooting the ball really well. I think he's only missed two threes and he's taken uh, six or seven thus far in these three scrimmage games. Uh, but each game he's increased his minutes. They've increased his minutes, which is a good sign. Um, it was weird to see him in the starting lineup for no particular reason, but I think it was just more of a, we need to see him against better overall players. And I've got to say like, I find myself after each scrimmage, he's going to have a – he might have a role. Oh, he's going to have a pretty big role. Oh, wow, he might be the Thunder's first wing off the bench if he keeps playing like this, especially yeah. if Hami is up and down, especially if Abdul Nader is up and down. Yeah, and then you look at him. Uh, this, is, this is what they want. Uh, they wanted him to come back 
And it's it, once again, I've called him this since uh, the day we start talking about him coming back to this team. Maybe he's a luxury piece. He's an absolute luxury piece. And he is Brady. Look, I know physically um, we're still trying to figure out where he's at as a player, but mentally this guy has been a high caliber NBA player for years. And just to have this guy on the floor, just in a leadership um, position with some of the younger guys, right? Or just a guy that you know knows what to do. Can his body do it? We don't know. We still don't know yet. But as a guy who mentally knows this game, what a luxury piece to have out there. And to see him shooting the ball as well as he is. And still, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I haven't been just overwhelmed defensively in what he's done. I've seen him block a shot here and there. I've seen his length get in the way of some passing lanes and, and what have you. But I haven't seen anything dominant. But it, what he is is he's now part of that six, seven-guy rotation that you can bring in off the bench, and you really don't lose that much. Exactly. And, again, like let's table Andre Robertson for now because there's a, one big question I wanted to ask you towards the end of the podcast. Sure. Uh, but we, we do need to unload some other things about this game, and we kind of mentioned it already. It was uh, SGA uh, running the offense. And it's funny, like you called it. I sounded exactly like you. I was texting you during the game. <laughs> and when the Thunder first took the floor with SGA running the offense, I mean, first of all, both teams looked like crap. They were missing wide open shots here and there, except for Anthony Simons, who just was like, I'm going to look like Dame Lillard for about 10 minutes. He did look like that dude. He yeah, absolutely he looked, looked like that. He did. He's like, I'm taking this scrimmage seriously. But uh, for the Thunder, they looked out of, they looked out of rhythm. Uh, they didn't have any momentum. SGA particularly, I thought, looked lost until Billy called the timeout and allowed the uh, Thunder to settle down. And once they settled down after that timeout, and I had sent you that text, like, SGA looks uh, lost. All of a sudden, he's throwing lobs. All of a sudden, he's throwing um, full-court passes to wide-open players, manipulating the defense, getting – Step-back threes. Step-back threes, getting Nurkic to switch so he could uh, take care of that mismatch. Uh, a much better showing in the absolute small, small sample size that we've seen this season with SGA as the primary point guard without Chris Paul on the floor. The only other time that we've seen that was when Chris Paul sat out, went back home to California to mourn the loss of Kobe Bryant against the Mavericks. In that game, nobody looked good, SGA in particular. But this was an absolute step in the right direction. And I heard all the hype prior from Billy and the players over, these last, over the last month talking to them. And he's certainly shown some improvements here and there, but this was like a gigantic, like neon sign of this dude is he's here and he, he could potentially showcase it to the world in these seeding games and in the postseason. I'll tell you the biggest change or the biggest thing that I've seen uh, through these exhibition games that tells me that SGA is on the right track. And you know me, I've been a, I haven't been a detractor. I've just been telling people that there are things that he has to build. And if I want to be called a detractor, that's fine. But, Everything that I've talked about him having to work on starting to work and you're starting to see it and you're starting to see the things that I was talking about getting to the bucket uh, being that guy like you said Brady that manipulates the offense I've been begging for that and yes we saw that in this game but you know what I've really seen uh, during this exhibition and through all the availabilities and what have you is he is attached to the hip to Chris Paul yeah like he is right there in his pocket uh, are they best buddies? Are they, you know, what are, are they tango and cash? I don't know what's going on right now with them, but you see that if SGA is around, Chris is like four or five feet away from him. And I cannot tell you the value of what that does for SGA to have Chris Paul, not only 
mentoring him and that's such a generic term in sports but you can literally see it and you can see it on the court stuff that he's learning from chris paul um that like i said the value in that alone you want to cry about how much chris paul makes and the worst contract in the nba and all that good stuff the value shows up right there because it's not just on the court with chris paul it's off the court and you can see sga maturing as a basketball player just by the mentoring of uh, chris paul yeah, and I'll even throw Darius Baisley into that lot, too, because the three of them are always together, which is, of course, great for the Thunder if you're a Thunder fan and you're yep. concerned about the future. Like, the future is in good hands and just in terms of Darius Baisley, Shea Gillis-Alexander, they're sponges and they're wanting to learn. But mm-hmm. uh, obviously, Shea Gillis-Alexander, he finished the game three of four. He only played 16 and a half minutes. He didn't play at all in the uh, second half, uh, 10 points. Uh, but again, the step back threes were there. And that's been something that he's kind of sparingly put into his game here and there throughout the season. But in hyper-focused games, Jerry, in these eight-seeded games and then in the postseason, when everything slows down, having that, you know, that's a, that's a monkey wrench that we didn't think going into all this that the Thunder were going to be able to rely on. If Shea can keep that up, that's going to be incredible. But the other thing on the Thunder offense, other than uh, Steven Adams being his usual self where he <laughs> – can we talk about that play? Can we talk about the play? That, that play was so good for Thunder fans because so much <laughs> happened in it that they love. So uh, if you want to break it down, please, by all means, you, you brought I mean, it up. It's, first of all, it's a mismatch that Carmelo wants nothing to do with. Carmelo ends up in the post <laughs> guarding Steven Adams, being a former Thunder and probably practicing a ton with Steven. He knows that, that nope, I don't want any of this. I'm surprised that uh, as smart as a veteran that, that Carmelo is, he just didn't foul him, right? He How does he not foul. know that you can get up and dribble the ball? How does he not so, know? Why did well, he you, think that was traveling? Well, because you can't. Okay, and, and, and listen, it's a classic travel. It really is. You fall down both feet uh, when you have possession of the ball on the ground. Both your feet are up. You've established, right? But you're right. The, uh, the IQ of Steven Adams to start dribbling. Now, when there's no infraction called when he starts dribbling, that means that the referee's going to let the play go, right? Somewhere around there, there's a dead ball. That, that's, that's what happens with that, right? Yeah. And forbid, just anybody forbid, jump, jump on the floor with Steven Adams. Maybe oh, try no. to tie up the ball, right? I know, <laughs> no, it's a scrimmage. Melo Mello went full Cam Newton in the Super Bowl on that play. <laughs> He's like, uh-uh, I'm so, out. So it's a scrimmage. I mean, we're thinking, I'm thinking to myself, you know, Steve-O, babe, why are you on the floor? Get off the floor. He starts his dribble. The agility of a man that size to get up with his dribble, right? This isn't skip to my loo. This isn't, uh, you know, this is that's right. This isn't the and one tournaments. This is Steven Adams, this mountain of a man, getting his dribble, picking up, and then Carmelo and just classic Carmelo arguing it leaves and just absolutely you know what he did go cover andre robertson in the corner <laughs> if you look defensively he did go follow andre in the corner uh leaving it wide open for steven to get the uh, the layup but but brady just it, it, it's classic steven adams and classic carmelo anthony at the same time and uh i know they're scrimmage games but man that is uh that is something that, that i'm going to take away from and remember for a long time. Yeah, and then he finished it up by Euro stepping, hitting the layup over Chisholm Holland, lookalike uh, Zach Collins. So, <laughs> and just the possession before that, Zach Collins got beat off the dribble by Andre Robertson for a layup. So, uh, Zach, I mean, maybe take the scrimmage games a little bit 
more seriously. Z- but- Zach's coming off an injury. Zach's trying to get his timing too. I Portland's mean, coming off of an injury. The yes. entire roster is absolutely Nur- Nurkic too. Don't you do? Didn't you feel bad for Nurkic? Because here's a guy also that you know uh, probably had no business returning this season, and just because the way it all worked out and it's in the summer is the only reason that he's in the lineup. But he's still trying to find out his timing and his conditioning, and to get matched up with a, an SGA that. Honestly, he's pro- probably trying to prove something. Uh, did not work out well for him tonight. Yeah, I think I think Chris Haynes uh, said somewhere that he would pick Portland to be a dark horse uh, Western Conference Finals team. I'll, I'll, I'll admit, like, I've watched them in two scrimmage games, and I know they're just scrimmages, and I know they're getting got pieces back like Nurkic, like you mentioned. I don't believe in them one bit. I'm sorry. Like, I, I like what I'm seeing out of Memphis. I don't. I don't believe in Portland one bit. Like they're too I, I, schizophrenic for me. We we talked about this uh, either today or yesterday, and the days are running through together with me. But just like first, just like for Nerlens Noel, apparently, which is why he missed his COVID nineteen <laughs> test. <laughs> that first game between Memphis and Portland, uh, whenever we start the the seeding games, is very very yeah. important for for Portland. So uh, I'd like to see them put it together and see how this works out. So the one the other thing on the starting lineup. Because uh, we've kind of we've talked about Danilo Gallinari in the radio, we'll talk about that a little bit more tomorrow, I'm sure, Jerry. But I want to get into Lugans Dort because at what point are we going to sit here and say that if you are defending the Thunder and you're on the perimeter, at what point do we start telling the opponent you better go guard that guy because he's shooting near or over 50% from three um, in these three scrimmage games, and as the season wore along and as he got more playing time under his belt in the starting lineup, his shooting numbers started to progressively increase and increase. Now, it was starting from a very low spot, obviously, and it ended up being somewhere like in the middle class of average, if that makes sense. So nothing really to write home about, but the shot is beautiful. Uh, he's got the ability. Like, there's nothing about it that tells me, like, uh, he needs to work on his shot. There's a hitch in the shot, like with a Hamadou Diallo or an Andre Robertson. Lou Dort is becoming not just a role player for this team. He's becoming something. I don't, I don't really know what it is. I don't want to sit here and say that he's going to be a 15-point-per-game scorer for this uh, Thunder team, but he's definitely becoming something that Billy Donovan can rely on to not only just you know, go out there, play the two-guard, and be an okay defender, but if you need to put the ball in his hands, he can make something happen. Did, am I the only one that saw that reverse layup that looked uh, Michael Jordan-esque? I mean, just, the athleticism is there. Like it's, it's a question with him. The but. body, the, the body is an NBA body. I don't know if it's a point guard. I don't know if it's a shooting guard. I have no idea what that thick square man is, but uh, man, oh man, oh man, a beautiful touch on a shot that uh, obviously we're, we're, we're seeing and we're privy of. He can get to the basket and Brady. I mean, you, you know, you want to sing the praises of SGA and how he ran point guard. I mean, Lou Dortz as the off guard in that offense, I'm, I, I'm tired of saying it's just a scrimmage. You know what? They're playing basketball, and it looked good. It looked, the combination of those guys, and you, if you're Billy Donovan, like you, are just, you're, you are just having a great time right now because your two and three guard lineups that you put in, no matter who you're putting in, it's working. It's like you can't screw this up. Like, okay, let me throw Andre in the starting lineup. Eh, that, that, that didn't screw it up. All right, let's give Dort uh, more ball handling uh, responsibilities. That still didn't screw it up. They're actually thriving. Uh, man, I'm telling you, Brady, uh, you know what a big Piston fan I am. 
uh, back whenever the Pistons won the championship. And yes, I'm saying the Thunder are going to win the championship. Uh, back when the th- back when the Pistons won the championship, part of their uh, their charm was they went deep, nine and ten deep on that bench. And that bench came in with Corliss Williamson, with John Barry, with Eldon Campbell. I know this this means nothing to you or, or a bunch of, but if you're a basketball nerd, you knew that those were qualified veterans who were sacrificing time and coming in and, and actually putting up uh, productivity. You have that same deal here with the Oklahoma City Thunder. If you've got Andre Robertson coming off the bench, if uh, you got a, you know Baisley coming off the bench, who's going to probably be a starter in this league sooner than later, Dennis Schroeder, a starter in this league, you got guys that are buying into their role. Man, Brady, I am telling you, there's something special about an eight, nine-man rotation and even 10 deep on this thing that's probably going to be issues for other teams going forward. Yeah, and that's actually a really good segue into the bench, and especially for tonight. Like, this was by far Hamadou Diallo's best game. Uh, after an incredible second half in his own right uh, for Darius Baisley against Philadelphia, he was the probably the biggest player in that 24-point uh, comeback. Uh, he follows this up with even an even better game. He was the leading scorer for the Thunder with 20 points. Dennis Schroeder looks like six-man of the year. Dennis Schroeder out there. And look, again, scrimmage game. Portland was without their two best players. Like, we, we all know this. But I, I think this is going to be something that will bite the Thunder the further they're able to get in the postseason. Because like you said, you look on paper, this team doesn't look deep, especially on the wing. Because you're, you see names like Hamadou Diallo and Darius Baisley and Abdul Nader, Andre Robertson, who's, you know, the casual NBA fan, casual NBA media member would know. But he, they'd be like, he hasn't played in two and a half years. The other names, they're just like, who's this guy? This guy's a rookie. This guy's a, an athlete. But when they can play like this, like, I mean, the sky's the limit. But I think the further the Thunder are able to get in the postseason, I think what they're going to miss is just what you described with those Pistons teams is they're deep in some ways, but they are not deep in experience. And who knows how Darius Baisley is going to react when he gets uh, postseason minutes? Who knows how Hamadou Diallo is going to react when he gets postseason minutes? Because although this isn't his rookie year, he hasn't really seen the postseason that much, and he had opportunity after opportunity on last year's team to get there. He just couldn't do it and unfortunately got hurt here and there. But, I mean, today Darius Baisley looked all the bit of what I think his ceiling is, which is, and I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but kind of a Lamar Odom type, maybe a Pau Gasol type, like a more modern Pau Gasol that can shoot three because obviously it's tonight. Baisley's finished a three of five from the three-point line and looked comfortable doing it. Um, I think this is probably the biggest in these three scrimmage games, the biggest visible improvement to me is Darius Baisley. He was awful the first game against Boston. They didn't really need him, but he looked, he was awful. He made a lot of silly mistakes. First half against Philly didn't do anything particularly well. Then something flipped on in the second half for him and he's carried that over. And if he's able to carry this over into the seeding games, I've been telling you for like the last few months, how important Darius Baisley, how I, I think, important Darius Baisley is to the Thunder uh, just for his defensive prowess coming off the bench for Danilo Gallinari. But if he can score the basketball, especially when he's wide open, and he seems to be wide open all the time. I mean, again, this, this will definitely help the Thunder. It makes them more dangerous. But I think at some point, them not being experienced is going to bite them. 
No, absolutely. But here's what you want, Brady. Uh, a team that really had no business going to the playoffs and the way they're constructed, no one picked them to win, what, 37 games, 38 games? Uh, as far as they got to be in the playoffs, this is gravy. This is uh, going to be experience. What you want to make sure is they do get minute rotations. And if they – okay, and, and when and, and if they do fail, right, in the playoffs – you want to make sure that it's, a, it's against a good veteran or it's a good team, a good season team, so they can see how it's done. And uh, that is the best case scenario for the th- – or that's the worst case scenario for the Thunder in the playoffs is that they get a team and they get beat by a season team to teach some of these young guys that's what it takes to get to that level. Um, you know, I talk about just sheer contrast. You know, watching the Lakers the other night and you see – Deion Waiters and J.R. Smith go for 38, right, in a scrimmage. And that's what you're talking about, guys with experience on that bench that are going to help the Lakers at the point. The, the Thunder do not have that experience. And, I mean, obviously, they just have to pick it up, and, that, and that's going to come this season. Uh, it's going to start it all off. So, And real quick before we kind of wrap up this pod, uh, Jerry, is there any concern at all about Danilo Gallinari? Uh, he was three of nine tonight. And two of his shots that he made were just wide open layups uh, from outlet passes from SGA off of a loose ball steal. Um, The shot just isn't there. This is three games in a row now. I, I I am technically not concerned, but because of all the inherent disadvantages, disadvantages of all this entire situation, him not playing for four months, I kind of am concerned. He just hasn't looked normally. He hasn't looked comfortable. You should be. You should be. Uh, and, and I think you nailed it whenever he said no, he doesn't look comfortable. And there's, there's something to that. There, there is. Uh, and maybe bubble life is getting to him. Uh, maybe he just can't see it right now. Uh, it, you know, anybody who's ever had a decent jumper or, you know, have, has hit jump shots, you understand, can't see it. You know, is it something about uh, the surroundings or whatever that he just can't get into? Can he not get into a rhythm? Um, it's very important that the Oklahoma City Thunder get this guy into a rhythm. Uh, and it is, it's, it's confidence and rhythm with him. He's been in the league way too long. He knows what he's capable of. And whenever they get into the playoffs and they get into the seeding games, uh, it might be a little bit back to normal. But I could really see this guy just honestly not being comfortable right now and, and out of rhythm. Yeah, and maybe this might have more to do or maybe something to do with uh, Chris Paul didn't have a particularly good game in the first half against or in the, in the time that he played against Philly and he doesn't play tonight. Maybe if Chris Paul ups the intensity that we all know is going to happen when, once the games actually matter, maybe that helps out Danilo Gallinari, but uh, the Thunder are going to need him because he is at times their best half court offensive player. And if he's not going to be able to hit shots, then you're going to have to depend on SGA to keep continuing this growth that we've seen in these scrimmages, but everybody's going to be, taking this a little bit more seriously come Thursday and then come Saturday for the Thunder. But Jerry, I did uh, prepare you for a question. I usually yes. don't ask questions on this podcast that much because I know everything, but you know more <laughs> about basketball than I do. So I thought this would be a good question that I'm sure Thunder fans are probably playing with in their mind right now, but I'll just read it verbatim. What continues and what ends during the seat? Like once the seating games begin for the Thunder yeah. of these two things, Andre Robertson's three point shooting, or Lou Dort's three-point shooting? And you can use the cop-out answer of they both end or they're both going to continue, but do you have a feel for 
one of those two uh, scenarios. I absolutely do. And uh, I think Andre's three-point shooting it will go away. One, I think the opportunities are going to go away. Um, the, the CD, and, and actually, it, it kind of leads back to us talking about Danilo Gallinari. Um, the one thing that uh, I talked about, the rhythm with the Danilo Gallinari, he's going to get his starter minutes back. And that's one thing he didn't get to have in the exhibition game is his starter minutes. Him being on the floor more, he's going to get more opportunity. I think Andre is going to get less opportunities. Uh, they are not going to be so free willing to just sort of casually kick it to him in the corner. Um, I think he's going to be, he's not going to play as many minutes as he did. So I think the shooting is going to go, go away for Andre. I think that Lou's going to continue. I think that Lou Dort is a player. I absolutely think that this guy is a player. And there are, I don't care if he was on a two-day contract or not, there are worst fifth starters in this league, a handful of worst fifth starters in this league. This guy, I, the way I see him right now, knows his position, he knows his role, and uh, he actually does a little bit more than what he's asked for in a positive sense. So, yeah, I think this guy probably, uh, you know, is going to knock down a couple of very, very uh, needed shots. So I think Lou Dortz continues. I think Andre stops. And it's not necessarily negative with Andre. I just think that he'll fulfill other roles like the defense, like the rebounding, and the leadership on the floor. Yeah, I mean, the opportunities are probably more than likely going to go away. Um, Lou Dortz going to just be with the starters, so it's going to be inherent that he's going to have more opportunities to continue this uh, increase in shooting that he's been getting over these last three scrimmage games. But in typical Brady fashion, Jerry, I, I was saying that that was going to be it, but I do have one other little thing I do want to bring up. Is, okay. Terrence, is Terrence Ferguson, I'm not going to say done, but we're trending that direction, right? No, I don't think, listen, I don't think he's done. I don't think he's done. Uh, I think, unfortunately for Terrence, there's a lot of players that are, I mean, you know, Muscala, you know, musky playing. Who's as, looked great these, in every right? game. He's looked great. Right, that guy playing uh, better. Uh, you know, when every Andre Robinson sort of showing up out of nowhere, that sort of takes away uh, Terrence's value. It does, and it is up to Terrence to, you know, jump in there. And and like Abdul Nader, Abdul Nader was out of the lineup, and Billy Donovan talked about it. What he did is he stayed ready, right? Because you are just one, you know, twisted ankle, or you're one, you know, foul problem away from being needed in that rotation, and. Right now, it's, it's very important to Terrence Ferguson's career that he stay ready. Um, no, he's not done. He's too athletic and too young to be done, Brady. I think that he has another phase in his career, and whether it's with the uh, Thunder or not with the Thunder, I do think that he's going to be around the league for a couple more years. But I, right now, you're right. He's, a, uh, he's, he's trying to figure it out right now, and he, I, don't, I, don't think that, I don't think that Billy wants to take him out of the rotation – but he's, work, he's not working his way out. Other guys are working their way in. That's, that's fair. But, Jerry, the games are about to get more important. Uh, the NBA is back triumphantly. Uh, they don't have the same problems that other sports leagues do, uh, thankfully, for basketball fans and for us. But um, I guess I'll see you in about eight to nine hours on the, uh, down at the studio for the morning show, which is called? Uh, the Handsome Man Morning Show. I see. Okay. Well, that's where we're going with this. But uh, Jerry, thank you that's so a much. Great, that's a great name. Give me, give me the credit. That at least that's a really good name. You love gonna... your name. Mine is a really good name. I'm not going to say your name is bad. I'm just saying that mine actually has a, has a 
audience behind it. There is a popular appeal to yours. <laughs> and I can't, I don't understand why people love BJ in the morning more than they like the handsome man. But you know what? I, with the popular swelling, you even heard me today. I sort of lent myself to, to your name. It's 2020. We're, we're learning things every day. I'm, Andre Arverson's shooting 75% from three. So, oh my gosh. But uh, Jerry, thanks for jumping on OKC82 once again. And uh, we'll probably have you back on fairly soon. But uh, everybody, thank you so much for listening to OKC82 once again. No more scrimmages. All the games matter from here on out. And hopefully you continue to listen along and have some fun with us. Madison will be back. Probably do the uh, weekly show tomorrow with Chisholm Holland. Need to get in touch with him because he's back from vacation. But let's just get back to our regularly scheduled programming, thank God. But for Jerry Ramsey, this is Brady Trantham, everybody. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you later.